this passage, love just the description of Christ's love, how, how high and deep and wide, and it's just, it's this massive portrait of the love of God, and, and we want to get all of it. We want to enjoy all of it. But I love how it ends, too. It points out that God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. I love this passage because it's a, a paradox. Like, you know, what, what can you imagine God doing? So it says that God can do more than you imagine. So now imagine more than you imagined. But if you can imagine more than you imagined, that is now what you can imagine. So he can actually do more than that, right? So now, now picture that. Well, now that you've pictured that, that's what you can imagine. So he can do more than that. And on top of this, that's why it says immeasurably more. Feel that, that fire there. Immeasurably more, amen? The sound guys have been working hard. They're working with uh, maybe some new speakers. We're trying to figure it out, but they are rocking it today. Thank you. Um, but God does immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I've been inspired by, by our study of the book of John. We've been talking about Jesus uh, for the last two months, and it's been incredible. Prayerfully as a church, we're kind of always talking about Jesus, but uh, really focusing on the book of John and the description of Jesus. And uh, there's something that, that has stood out to me, that, that Jesus, he, he does more than you might think, right? There's this blessing that he wants to do, but he's always doing a little bit more, or a lot of bit more, depending on the story that we're reading. And uh, it's nice to get a little bit more than what you need. You know, when we're sick, uh, when we've been sick a few times in the last year, the Tharp family uh, has dropped off some great chicken noodle soup, right? And to get soup when you're sick is great. To get Tharp family soup when you're sick, that's immeasurably more than I could ever ask or imagine. Danielle makes some great chicken noodle soup. So it's one thing to get your needs met. It's another thing when it goes above and beyond that. And what I see in the scriptures is described in Jesus, and we are going to be in John 6. You can flip over there today. What I see in Jesus is that he, he gives us more than enough. The title of not just the lesson today, but our entire morning together is more than enough. And I just have a few thoughts I'm going to share because I want us to spend some time reflecting on our God who gives us more than enough. Our God who is more than enough. And we're going to have a extra worship this morning. You probably, if you're used to like our, our typical rhythm, you're like, do I stand? Do I sit? The song's over. We've already thrown in an extra song. We're going to have more extra songs in there. We're going to have a video. We have some people praying. It, it's going to be a time just to reflect on our God who is more than enough and who gives us more than enough. I was inspired by some worship music this past week, driving back and forth between the professionals retreat and back to Pittsburgh and just reflecting on our God is worthy of praise. And being at the professionals retreat was a great reminder of that, just seeing the camaraderie and just talking about all the I am statements of who Jesus is. It just reminded me, Jesus is worthy of our praise. And it's appropriate for us to praise him. It's also appropriate for us to reflect, am I praising him? Am I worshiping him? Is this part of my life? And by the way, singing is not the only form of worship. Obedience, sacrifice, living and loving God, serving one another, all of these are worship. But it's great to pause and, and have this, this special time of worship and praising God together. Let's read over in John chapter 6 together. I was also inspired by um, Dave's message last week uh, in many ways, but uh, he pointed out something. He kind of threw it out there as um, just a little side note. But he said uh, something about they were amazed by Jesus. And he was like, w w have you been amazed by Jesus? There was that question. And it's the, the Christian answer is, of course, yeah, Jesus is awesome. He's amazing. But really thinking, am I positioning myself to be in a state of awe? 
Am I going through my days, day to day, and just longing for awe, to stand in awe of who God is? I'm going to stop talking so I can turn to the scripture here. But uh, that's what we're doing today. My name, if you're visiting with us, my name is James Rosenquist, together with my wife, Elena. We lead the church here, and uh, we're grateful. I know there's some out-of-towners here from the wedding. It's great to have you here. Some, some old friends visiting. It's great to see you guys, and uh, it's, it's great to, to be together this morning. John chapter 6, we're going to pick up in verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where should we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test them. Uh, for he, always, he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish when they had all had enough to eat. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves over, uh, left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the signs Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who came into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Uh, Jesus often does that, and, and we try to emulate that with having a personal time with God and drawing away, maybe not to a mountain. Sometimes it's Mount Washington. Sometimes it's our backyard. I don't know if I can adjust this, but um, I love this scene. Uh, one of the reasons why we're doing a, a worship time today as well is we're familiar with this story. Right? And sometimes we need to do something a little bit different when we're familiar with the story to kind of help bring it to life a little bit more to really see what God is doing. And in this story, it's fascinating because um, everyone was hungry. And, and Jesus is like, he, sometimes he asks a question and he, he's genuinely asking. And this one, it says very clearly, he's testing them. You're like, okay, he's, he's doing something here. And he says, you guys, what are we going to do? They say, oh, we don't have enough money. Or they actually say, they say it would cost too much money which maybe implies that they could pay for everyone to eat. They didn't really want to spend their money in that way. We're not really sure. But anyway, everyone's hungry, and they're like, it can't happen. These people can't be met. Uh, their needs can't be met. These people can't be fed. And uh, I believe it's Andrew comes up and goes, hey, this, this young boy here, he, he gave his lunch. He's got five barley loaves and two fish. He's like, but that's not going to be enough. And I love the portrait here of Andrew because you're like, why did he even do that? <laughs> You know, if he already knew it wasn't enough, is, is he, maybe there was this desperation like, okay, i got to find some food. All these other disciples are coming up empty-handed. I at least got something. But I like to look at it as just a little bit of faith. He's like, I don't know. I don't think anything can happen with this, but I'm going to try just to do something. And he even, like, it makes me think of the father who's like, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. When his son is, is, is struggling and his father says, I, I um, or not his father, where um, Jesus said, do you, do you believe? Um. And so there's this, this picture of just a little bit of faith. And what Jesus does with it is incredible. It says he fed everybody. And we'll, we'll actually, we're going to look at a clip of this from The Chosen in a little bit. 
Um, and I don't know how he did it, and there's, there's lots of speculation of, you know, I, I like how The Chosen does it, I won't spoil it, but I, I don't know how it happened, right? Was it just, you know, you grab some bread and just keep, you know, like a magician keeps coming out of the basket, you're like, whoa, this is, an, I don't know what it was, but everybody had food. And it says everyone had enough, and then what happens? There was leftovers after that. And everyone knows sometimes the leftovers are the best part, right, of a meal. After Thanksgiving, the leftovers, the little sandwich you might make out of this. Anyway, the leftovers are great. So everyone had enough, and then there was more. And it's this picture of Jesus in our lives, in the lives of those he's around, of wanting to give us enough and then some. Jesus is this symbol and this, this person in our life that gives us more than enough. It's this portrait of, as well that the Lord provides. There's a name in the Old Testament for, G, for God, and it's Jehovah Jireh. My provider, you might know that song, right? That the Lord provides. This is a name, a, a personality trait, if you will, of God. And so Jesus steps in to say, I am, this, this being, I am the Lord provides. He later says, I am the bread of life, really solidifying that statement. But here he says, I, I'm going to provide you food. And he, he alludes to this later, we'll talk about this next week. But just like God had provided in the desert uh, food for the Israelites, Jesus says, I and doing the same. But in the Israelite community, you couldn't keep the leftovers because they got spoiled. But Jesus said, I'm doing a new thing. I got something better in store. I'm not only going to give you enough, I'm going to give you more than enough. That in Christ, there, there's something incredible. The, the supremacy of Christ, the sacrifice for sins once and for all is absolutely unreal. And that's what we get to experience. Thinking about this passage, too, I don't have any points or anything. I'm just talking about the Bible, amen? But um, thinking about this passage, I thought, you know, maybe there were people in the crowd that were like, I don't really want bread. <laughs> Probably not gluten-free at that point, but I don't want bread. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't really want fish. But Jesus didn't go around taking everybody's orders. It wasn't an Uber Eats thing. Okay, everyone chip in. We're going to order from here. And I think we have this mindset, if, if God provides, God should provide exactly what I want. Right. And we're like, okay, I should get my orders. And yeah, God provides. And you could hear that in a message. You're like, well, he hasn't provided for me. I, I need this and this and this. Does God know what I'm going through? It's this and this and this. And I think that's real. I mean, these people are going through a hard time as well. They are severely oppressed at this point in time. They're hungry. Getting a meal was not just about, hey, I'm, you know, let me tide me over to the next day. They're most likely going from, from meal to meal or from... Uh, from bread to bread for survival. And so Jesus providing a meal, they're, they're going through a hard time, and Jesus isn't unaware of that. But he, he doesn't take their order. He says, I'm here to provide not what you want, but what you need. And if they all took an order, if it was something like the, the, the miraculous nature of that would be different. If, if Jesus was like, okay, is, let's get all the money together. You guys all order what you want. We'll go into town. We'll go get it, and we'll bring it back. Where's the miracle in that? But the miracle's for shown in Jesus being the provider, that he gave what it was that they needed. They needed food, and he provided it for them. Think for a second, bringing it to our own lives. Think about what you don't have. Think about the things in your life that are against you. Our limitations do not limit the power and provision of our God. Our limitations, our scarcity, what we're lacking can in no way limit the power, mercy, the love, and the grace of our God. Why do we act like they do, though? Don't we do that? 
well, I'm, I'm, I don't have enough this, or I don't have enough time, or this can't happen, or that can't happen. And we kind of live in all the excuses, all the limitations are like plastered on a billboard in our life. And, and some, some of us kind of go around, and, and everyone knows in our life all the limitations and all the challenges that we're facing. But they don't know that God is working in our life. Because we're not recognizing that. Why are we so obsessed with waving our excuses and why we can't serve, why we can't spend time with God, why we can't grow, why we're stuck in, uh, around like this white fl- uh, flag of surrender? Why are we waving that around? But rather, instead of lifting the flag of surrender, let's lift up our God. We ought to see God as the provider that he is. We ought to praise God as he deserves. We got to lift up God instead. You know, in the Jewish tradition, they have a, a way of, of praying or a special song of prayer that they sing oftentimes during the Passover. And uh, it, it's called Dayenu, D-A-Y-E-N-U. It's a Jewish Passover song, and it's translated as, It would have been enough. It would have been enough. And the premise, and, and I've heard another pastor translate it this way, Thank you, God, for overdoing it. You gave me this. And that would have been enough. But yet on top of that, you've given me this. And on top of that, you've given me this. But he can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And, and this prayer kind of acknowledges that. Thank you, God, for overdoing it. It might go a little bit something like this. Lunch would have been enough, God. Thank you for lunch. It would have been enough. But on top of that, you gave me the resources to choose what I wanted to eat for lunch today. Thank you, God, for overdoing it. You know, God, being able to choose what I wanted for lunch would have been enough. But God, thank you for overdoing it and creating a world of flavor and culture and different combinations so that I could not only only order what I want, but it was delicious and spicy and it had the spices and it was great. Thank you, God, for overdoing it. God, thank you for a, a delicious choice of food. That would have been enough. On top of that, God, you gave me a friend or a coworker to enjoy my lunch with. Thank you, God, for overdoing it. God, enjoying a lunch that I could choose that was delicious with a coworker would have been enough. But God, thank you on top of that for giving us a great conversation, a meaningful conversation of connection. Thank you, God, for overdoing it. See how that small practice can change our perspective? That all these things that become mundane, all these things we go through in our lives, that we just kind of, oh yeah, thank you, God, for my food, or we just kind of go through our day, and we forget God is overdoing it. God is wanting to give us immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. God is the provider. He provides. Thank you, God, for overdoing it. You know, I I like this passage because Jesus shows he's here to overdo it. He gives some great leftovers they collect. On top of that, I love that it's 12 baskets representing the 12 people who are serving the most kind of get the leftovers, which is kind of a, 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 an interesting leadership or service aspect, right? There's 12 leftovers. My theory is that the 12 didn't get to eat, and they were probably serving like, when are we going to get our food? And then there's these 12 baskets, and it's leftover. I don't know what that looked like necessarily. But it's a great story of God, God being a God who provides, of Jesus overdoing it in our lives. That's what he does with his love, with the mercy and grace in our life. And what I'd like to do together, actually right now, is to take some time to do this practice, day in it, and to, to pray, thank you, God, for overdoing it. I'm not going to have you pray out loud. You can pray, pray quietly here for a moment. I'm going to have Josh play some music. But think about something this week or something currently in your life. Maybe it's a challenge, a challenge where it's easy to remove God from the picture. And I implore you, bring God into the picture. 
bring God in, allow him to, to, to have a seat at the table of what's going on. Maybe it's just something in your life that you're grateful for, but practice this. Thank you, God, for overdoing. It would have been enough for you to do this. We're going to take about two or three minutes uh, to, to do this practice, and then we'll, we'll all pray together. We'll sing some more songs. But my, my prayer today is that we can all walk away with a better picture of who God is, that we have a God, we love a God who is more than enough in our lives. Amen. So Josh is going to cue up the music, and uh, you take a few minutes to pray this. Thank you, God, for overdoing God, on top of that, you've given us lots of, of faces, lots of people, lots of people in from out of town and, and new faces and old faces and, and great connection. God, it would have been great just to gather and have connection, but on top of that, Father, you provided us a great building, a great location, a beautiful day to be able to do it during, where we can sit and not be cold or sit and not be overly hot, so that we can, our needs, our physical needs can be met as we sit in big, comfortable chairs. would have been enough just to, to be here, to sit, to to reflect and connect, Father God, but you've given us your word. God, you've told us the stories of who you are and, and let us peek into your character so that we can be mesmerized by your great and glorious power and your love for us. God, that would have been enough. But on top of that, you've given us voices so that we can sing and make music and that we can lift up your name in, in unique ways. 
God, that would have been enough. But on top of that, you've given uh, us good voices, Father God, or given us the opportunity to harmonize and to make not just a joyful noise or not just sounds, God, but to put it together, God, in powerful and meaningful ways, God, that move us emotionally and remind us, God, of the unity and harmony found in you and in the Trinity. Father God, that would have been enough, but on top of that, you've given us the ability to not just stop here, to not just limit our worship, uh, but to be able to freely worship as we go throughout our entire week, Father God, that we can lift you up, that nothing uh, externally is ever hindering us from making you known, Father God. That would have been enough. And on top of that, Father, we get to live this life for you because your death on the cross, God, the grace that you've given us allows us to live every day for you. Thank you, God, for overdoing it. And as we wrap up here and, and have the singers come up in just a moment, think about your own life. Is there an area where you're operating from the scarcity mindset of what you don't have or what you're lacking? If you're like me, you, there's probably several categories in your life that I can just, I can, I can see only my limitations, look at a situation, think of all the stuff that could go wrong. And I implore you, bring God into the picture. And if you're not, if that's not natural to you or that's really challenging for you, that's okay. It's a spiritual practice. And spiritual practice is called practice for a reason. It takes practice. And so it's okay. Just practice it. It doesn't have to be something that comes out, well, I don't practice gratitude. I don't, I don't think that way. That's okay. Just practice. Let's be a church who practices this together to really see God in everything, to recognize that we have a God who overdoes it. Uh, back to the Ephesians passage, and, and I'll remind us of who God is, and then the singers will come up and we'll sing deeper together. In uh, Ephesians chapter 3, I'm going to read the tail end here uh, once more. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's, uh, let's sing uh, the next song together, a song called Deeper.